Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? That's all it's going. It kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. The stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 880 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at WittySports716. Go follow everything Built in Buffalo is doing at Built in Buffalo underscore Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's just taking over every day, giving you something. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on this week? Weedy, not funny, talking about the Bills. Weedy ideas about the Super Bowl. We don't care who Dick Valentine was anyway. We don't care about that. Is that Rivers Cuomo? hosting with me or is that tony ambrose our voices are dead ringers for each other i thought you were gonna do like something like what's with these people leaving josh allen <laughs> oh that would have been good too yeah if i wanted to do a verse we yeah. only threw together a chorus that's it i only i only put four lines together <laughs> okay <laughs> stop the track we'll, we'll rewind back it up what are you doing i thought you were gonna do something with that maybe maybe next week maybe we remix it Maybe we go, go version two next week with, with Buddy Howie. <laughs> oh, wow. On the fly. That's impressive. Tony, what else is happening this week? Anything interesting going on? I don't know. Just trying to keep my head above water, literally. We had to unflood the basement yesterday. Haven't had hot water coming out of the water tank since Sunday, which is five straight days. And he's still potting, folks. What a, what a true warrior. Not all heroes wear tapes. <laughs> do it for the Doing it for Witty Nation. You are actually recording this underwater as we speak, holding your breath. Yeah, it's like imagine when you dip your feet in the pool. Yes, that's basically my couch in the basement floor right now, <laughs> just floating and recording. Yeah, you're like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Oh wow! Oh yeah, there is a Wilson situation happening down here. Well, I don't, I don't want to know about that. Yeah, what was really going on? What was really, what was really going on with that volleyball? Huh. Hmm, we'll never know. No, not until the sequel. Guys, Castaway two. Castaway two. Castaway two. More Castaway. When Wilson goes off, gets lost at sea, while Tom Hanks is getting off the island. Wow. It's Wilson's journey to his abandoned island, and how Wilson gets there. Nothing like a the POV of a volleyball to really catch your attention. That's what I'm saying. It's because Wilson was conceived on a desert island alone. Right. Only to leave the island to find his own desert island where he then ultimately rescued from. Do we need to change this uh, this, this show to Wilson Not Funny Sports Podcast? Well, the puns are just top-notch tonight. Top-notch tonight. Top-notch tonight. Top-notch puns. Tony, speaking of witty puns, you had the idea last week of giving a weekly witty, valuable player award. 
And I think we're going to run with it. We're going to run with it right now in the opening. Tony, we are giving our first inaugural Witty Not Funny, Witty Valuable Player of the Week to one Mr. Joshua Patrick Allen. Uh, you know, he doesn't get enough attention or accolades no, as it is. No, not at all. Yeah. If there's someone who, need, who needs a boost right now. <laughs> to his ego. Yeah, right. <laughs> This is going to turn his week right around. He's kind of an introvert. We know that. I thought we, we would give him a little pickup here. A little pick me yeah. up. A little thing to get his, get his confidence up. Get Boost his spirits. You can't deny the guy's wittiness. Not this week. Not this week. Josh Allen was all over the place. Super Bowl week. Of course, he started his offseason at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We mentioned his partner, Keith Mitchell, did as we called, as we predicted, drag him down that whole weekend. They didn't even make the cut because of Keith Mitchell, not because of Josh Allen, because of Keith Mitchell. We know that. Who is still still up in the air. Don't know if he's the brother of Kel Mitchell or Kavika Mitchell. Still be, still to be determined. But Josh Allen did do something a little fun, playing to the crowd during that golf tournament. Shot a ball, went a little errant, went a little off to the side into the crowd. He didn't really have a shot, so what does Josh Allen do in all his wittiness? He picks up the ball, and he throws it onto the green like a true quarterback. The crowd went nuts, loving it. Josh Allen throwing off his skills. And then he follows that up with the whole media week and nothing more, I think, more viral than him at the NFL Honors Awards. It's so much fun. A show like this, you just want it to go on and on and on and on and on. Am I right, Josh Allen? Or... You just end it in a way that makes sense, is fair, and gives everyone an equal opportunity to win. That's comedy gold. Comedy gold. Like Josh Allen was this week. Tony, you asked me a, a couple weeks ago. It, really, wittiest moment? Well, well, we we can. We will. Is this not his wittiest moment? Well, his wittiest moment of the week was his, uh, was his well-wicked to the Navy. The Navy women's lacrosse team? Of course. <laughs> you know, you know. You got to give him all the credit for that. He was obviously, uh, he obviously had a couple drinks in him and he still delivered top notch congratulatory or good luck message, whatever you want to call it. He still delivered it as only Josh Allen could. And I got to give the guy all the credit. He could have stumbled on his words. He could have said something wrong, but he didn't. He was a pro and I appreciate that. Now, I don't know. Do you know the context surrounding that? I'm, I'm literally guessing. It was some random guy who came up and yeah. said, my daughter plays for the Navy women's lacrosse team. Can you give them a shout out? That, that's, that's, that's how I imagine it, it happened. Basically exactly how I imagine it happened as well. Because any other context, you would think Josh would be prepared or, you know, I don't want to say in the right state of mind because he did deliver the message flawlessly. But it, it had to just be some random spur of the moment occasion, right? Yeah, he was, he, was, he was out at the time. Yeah. He was out on the town. So the, the scenario you described is exactly what I also think happened. And it really opens up the desire for people to do that. If Josh Allen was to join Cameo, what would the price be? Oh, wow. Would he be, would he be the highest paid person on Cameo? Who's the highest paid person on Cameo right now? Good question. David Hasselhoff? Let's take a deep dive. <laughs> Let's look. We're looking it up right now. This is live. Floyd Merriweather. Comedian and actor Michael Rappaport? That doesn't sound right. That guy's no. that guy's not good at all. According to Showbiz Teeth Feet, it's Floyd Merriweather at fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. 
Who would pay for that? Yeah, I don't know. People who follow boxing really like Boy Mayweather. So, <laughs> I guess. Man, I haven't said his name right once in the toy. Floyd Boy Mayweather. Mayweather. <laughs> um, I looked at Cameo's highest earners for 2021, and the guy who played Kevin Malone on The Office is like up, up near the top. I could see that. A unique voice like that, where he, he's probably, I'm sure everyone wants him to do it like as Kevin, but they cut the mic thing. Right. I could see that, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why Why not? Should we be on Cameo? I guess that's the question. I would gotta say yes. I think so, too. Maybe we'll... Yeah. Maybe we'll explore that. The other, the other thing Josh did, not only was he charming and witty and personable, as he always is, he ate a little crow and he took it like a pro. Like, a lot of, a lot of interviews he did throughout Media Week were uh, asking him about the 13 seconds and playing off that... USA Today, the girl said, let's take a, a moment of silence. And Josh Allen, like a true professional, he just played along, said 13 seconds. And she said, yes. And she just sat there and, and giggled. And Josh was it was a was a trooper with it. So I can't give Josh any more credit. The, the man's a star. You asked me a couple of weeks ago, could he host SNL? And I was hesitant. I was kind of teetering on yes or no. I, I wasn't quite sure. And I ultimately ended up with no. I think he can. Like I'm changing, I'm flipping back. There it is. There it is. He 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 delivered. He delivered this week. I couldn't agree more. I think that the as I was reading, like the story of Josh and the Bills in this playoff run, or lack thereof, or pre prematurely ending playoff run, made the Bills and Josh so endearing to America that now everybody's on board. And I would say that it is only making the star. Way brighter, yes, than it ever would have. And, and we're seeing that this week. And plus, we we have to mention at the NFL Honors Show, him and Brittany looked like an A-list couple. Him and Brittany are an A-list couple. <laughs> I'm talking in the NFL circles, like I beg your pardon. Josh going all black, Brittany all black. like they looked slick. The power couple of the NFL, not just the power couple of Buffalo. Well, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that Brittany is. Set up for success here to become the queen bee beyond Western New York. I, I'm thinking that's the case. I'm thinking it might be the case too. Her, the territory is expanding here. There's a little imperialism happening. The hive is expanding. Oh, I do like that. I, I do like whenever we talk about, you know, sort of the social outings of the build. Like the other week when we were talking about, uh, when they went to see Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Like that's the hive. Like who's in the hive? <laughs> right. Is the, is the question here. Right. That's the name of the segment in my mind. <laughs> Who's in the hive? Who's in the hive? The all-black outfit did just, it brought back my my thoughts of the Bills should have third alternate jerseys and have all-black. I, I would like to see that. I don't know. I don't, because I see those jerseys that are like the matte black sort of pseudo knockoff Bills jersey. Oh, yeah. those. I don't want to empower those people. <laughs> What about those people who have like the weird dark navy <laughs> blue jerseys? What do you mean? Like like from the drought, like those drought jerseys from the two thousands? No, not not that at all. It's it's these current jerseys, but instead of the uh, what would you call it, royal blue? I guess mm-hmm. it's it's like a dark navy blue. It looks weird. You know, it kind of reminds me. I think the Niners did it a couple years ago. Where they had all black with like red piping. I think that would look good. The Bills did all black with the blue neon piping. Call it the stealth line. Like they can do something cool with it. 
Yeah, there's a color scheme I like, and I, that is a color scheme I appreciate. Is uh, a nice, like, neon blue and black. Sign me up. I'm trying to make it simple for the Chinese knockoffs, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Give them less colors, less to deal with for the Chinese knockoffs. I'm, I'm trying to make it simpler on them. Appreciate it. <laughs> I hope so. This is, this is a time where there's all the boot they can get. They're stealing Olympic medals from us day in and day out. <laughs> yeah. Tony, anything else Josh did other than steal your heart that was uh that was witty this week that you can think of? No, I think we hit the gamut. <laughs> I think we ran the gamut there is right. Yeah, Josh, I mean, no nobody more fitting to win our, like I said, inaugural WVP award. Witty valuable player of the week. Tony. We got to talk about the big game, the Bowl of Bowls, the game Josh is going to take us to. You ready to get into our Super Bowl review? I am ready. We will be back, and I don't even know, I guess I guess we'll cue Marv later, because this isn't a Bill segment. So we'll cue Marv later, we'll do a, something else. We'll be back after the break. Finally, it is time for the Super Bowl! And we are back. Tony, there was a, a little game that happened in LA this past week uh the Super Bowl Bengals Rams I don't know like dust in the wind <laughs> was it exciting I, I, I watched it. it nothing really memorable it was yeah I can answer your question right now it was not exciting it was not exciting at all it was kind of a boring game I mean boring. it was kind of boring I thought all the extras were nice like Dwayne the Rock Johnson kicking it off I mean went a little long but it was nice to have him there and the halftime show we'll get into in a little bit but let's talk about the game for now yeah it was kind of boring Rams 23-20 come out victorious home field advantage for the second straight year the home team (laughs) playing in their home stadium wins a Super Bowl so I guess it all it's going to take for the Bills is to get a home game or a, a Super Bowl in Buffalo right which will never happen but yeah, Cincinnati, like this was your chance to be on the map for for something extraordinary, not for baseball players gambling on on games or your city being on fire or or weirdly putting chili on your spaghetti. Like you blew it. Like this was your chance to to rewrite the narrative, and now you'll just be the chili on spaghetti city as as you have been known as. It's all Cincinnati has ever been. It is. And Joe Burrow himself said there's really nothing to do in Cincinnati. Oh, my God. Man, but it's not someone who's <laughs> talking like that. Not someone who's talking like that. And not someone who is watching uh, photographers fracture their spines as they fall off the stage during the parade. Our quarterback has morals and principles. The Staffords did cover her expenses, medical expenses, and... Yeah. Equipment expenses, though, but it was a very funny clip of her falling off the stage and Matt Stafford just walking away in a in a drunken stupor of like, not my problem. As anyone would, any one of us would have done. Thanks. So? I don't know. You're you're really you're really putting our character to question here, Tony. Well, I feel like we're better human beings than that. At least see if she's okay. I guess. I mean, it's your Super Bowl parade. I think the the last thing you want is a buzzkill like that. <laughs> the the LA Rams won, of course. They now become the ninth most popular team in LA, right? Behind you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Dodgers, the Angels, probably still the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, UCLA, UNC. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably the Raiders still, even though they haven't played in Los Angeles in 20, 30 years. 
the youth team LeBron's kid plays on is probably more popular than the Rams. The uh, the Super Tots U6 soccer program more popular than the Rams. The list goes on. The Rams are like ninth, 10th most popular at best. And that was clearly evident during the Super Bowl parade when nobody showed up. I kind of felt bad. It, it didn't seem like a very big crowd for uh, for a Super Bowl parade. I was honestly surprised when they were even going to do it. Really? Why is that? Because, uh, I don't know, I've been hearing... LA's too elite? Jokes of, yeah, like jokes about this narrative all week it, that relate to, you know, there are no Rams fans in LA. <laughs> right. Can you imagine if the, the LA Chargers won? Well, that's exactly. There, there'd literally be nobody there. Oh, they disagree. I think you'd have a major caravan from San Diego coming up. No, they're bitter. They don't have their team anymore. I'd say nay to that. Wow. All right, well, we'll never know. Probably. That is a a city that is is diehard San Diego. I mean, as evident as evident by their their mascot appearing in court in his mascot costume to garner a new stadium deal. Right. They care only about San Diego, not about the L.A. Chargers. So I I doubt there would be people at that parade. But whenever there's a Super Bowl that doesn't include the Bills, and there's been a lot of them since the early '90s, obviously. Uh, we always look after the game to what, what's the blueprint? What is, what did we learn from these two teams from the outcome of this game that will help the Bills get to the Super Bowl? Tony, what is the lesson you learned from this boring game? <laughs> do you think the Bills are on track? Is there something they need to do? Like what, what do we, what do we take from this? I have to say, it seems to me, and, uh, you know, I hope it's not a trite take, but it seems to me that there's an aggression that I haven't yet seen out of Brandon Bean. Or maybe it just hasn't worked out in our favor. As far as uh, splash deals, a, a major player comes out on the market. Are we pursuing it? Are we getting it? Are we trying for continuity? Continuity is clearly something to build value. But I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing that Von Miller deal. I wouldn't mind seeing that Melvin Gordon deal. And is that the Odell thing that's going to push us over the edge? Yeah. Odell Beckham was another guy they got at the trade deadline. You know, they, they, they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And two years later, three years later, whatever, trade him for Matt. Like, yeah, you're right. Brandon Bean does not make splashy deals, especially mid-season. We, we don't see a lot of deals coming from, from Brandon Bean in, in his office. So yeah, I think, I think that's a legitimate argument is don't be afraid to go for it. It feels like your window is so tight. Like once Josh's contract really kicks in, it's like, okay, money, money tight as it is like the bills. And we'll get into the bill salary cap and players they can cut and wait, whatever going into the 2022 season here a little later on, but they don't have a lot of money to spend as it is. And when Josh's contract really kicks in and you're going to have to start paying Tremaine Edmonds and all, like all these guys are going to be coming up at Oliver money's going to get tight. So yeah, go, go for the splat. Like this is your time to do it. If if there's a Von Miller out there, go and get them. Uh, whatever. The saints were like 40 million above the cap when, when the Super Bowl, who cares? Take, take the, take the million dollar penalty. If it gets us the Super Bowl, I, I don't give two craps, whatever you get right. fine for being over the cap, uh, over the luxury tag, whatever it is. But yeah, Odo Beckham, Von Miller. I think the other story is, studs performing like Aaron Donald took over on the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. Cooper cup took over on the offensive side of the ball for the Rams. I feel like we have our stud on offense. I don't know if we have that stud on defense and yes, I want it to be at Oliver and he's obviously the closest on our current team to Aaron Donald in comparison, but I, I think Brandon Bean really needs to go into this off season 
with a, a change of mentality and just I, I need some high ceiling different like like don't just give me the guy with the the highest floor. Give me that guy who is maybe a little raw at football but has all the athletic ability whatsoever. Like give me the Micah Parsons. Give me just the freak athlete guy. I always look to Maven's draft year. Yeah, Maven was raw, but he didn't have it on the football field either. Brian Arakpo was a guy who I wish the Bills got at draft, who had a very good career for himself, but just a guy who was just a freak, just a high ceiling. Like, you can tell that guy if he just put it together on the football field was going to be a monster. Just find that guy, and you can find him in a lot of places in the draft. Max Crosby for the Raiders, who is, is a consistent pass rush threat and they got him in the later rounds like i think he was a fifth round pick like if you do the do the legwork on the on the draft board like you can find these guys no matter if you're drafting first overall or 21st overall or wherever in the first round we'll get into our draft stuff in the upcoming episodes here but give me that just dominant guy who was a dominant guy in college like jordan davis for jordan like he seemed like he's a dominant player at defensive tackle six four three thirty that guy is He's a beast. Like, give me the beast guy. <laughs> Studs prevailed this Super Bowl. And like, I don't know who on our defense is, is the stud who's going to make a play when, when a play needs to be made. That, right. that, that's what I always struggle with during the Bills playoff run. Like, I always say on third down, like, who's going to make a, who's going to step up to make a play here? You want it to kind of be like a Tremaine Edmonds, like a guy who's just physically, athletically really gifted and just someone to constantly make a play. Who's going to get to the quarterback? When we need it the most, Aaron Donald answered that call. There was um, Sean McVay hot mic'd, and he's like, "Aaron Donald's gonna make a play here." He just knew Aaron Donald was the guy to make a play. I don't feel confident our coach can be hot mic'd and say, "Okay, Ed Oliver's gonna make a play here," or someone Greg Rousseau is gonna make a play here to really clinch the game for us. I need that guy who we can just lean on and be like, "Oh yeah, Miles Garrett is gonna make a play here." Like I just feel T.J. Watt's gonna make a play here. We need that guy. So that that's my take. I would say off of what your take is, but it needs to be sort of like the high risk, high reward player that we need to that we need to find out there. Right. I would agree. I almost wonder if we accomplish that with Matt Milano in a sense. Now his plays are less flashy in terms of what they do, but like coverage plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe sometimes that is the play that you need to make. Yeah. And Mamelon can sometimes make it. But maybe I'm, I think I'm just thinking about that because he's probably the most like bang for your buck draft capital player on the defense. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Fifth round pick. Yeah. We've we, we got the most we could out of him. Uh, yeah, big time. Most of most of the good out of the fifth round pick. He's no Tanner Bonanno, right? but I mean, I guess we'll take him. Oh, who wins? <laughs> There's only one Tanner Bonanno. One Tank Carter. Tank Carter. <laughs> right. Well, Tank Carter was someone I was really excited about. We all were, Tony. And he didn't, yeah, and then he didn't make the team. It was devastating. Devastating. <laughs> devastating. He actually had a nice career, I think, for the Browns on special teams, but that, that, neither. <laughs> that's either here or there. Right. We got Jordan Poyer in return for the Browns, so we'll take it. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Like when you are in free agency, when you are looking at your draft board, find that high risk, high reward guy. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think they need to diversify themselves. I, I, I see a lot of defensive ends who kind of have the same skill set. We mentioned this before in podcasts before. Like, give me a guy who's a quick twitch guy. Give me a guy who's bendy, who speed rushes. Yeah, the technique guy, the length guys, the power guys, they're good, but they're kind of all the same. <laughs> like, 
I, I just need to see some diversity, especially on the defense side of the ball and, and especially along the defensive line. That's that's what I'm looking for this draft, this free agency period. She was in my own bias and just waiting for, for the defense to be that person. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know. Like, it's, not, it's not it, but when. Right. I know. I know you are. Afterwards, a lot of talk with Aaron Donald and both Aaron Donald and Sean McVay retiring. That seems odd. Sean McVay is youngest coach ever to win Super Bowl. He's 36, 35, 36, 37 years old, something around that. Crazy. Uh, Aaron Donald's only 30. Feels like he has like five really good years left. <laughs> so for him to hang it up, to hang it up is is kind of Andrew Luck esque. I, I think what they see is the Rams have no cap space, and <laughs> they're gonna have to break up this quote unquote super team that they put together because they can't pay them all. And maybe the writing's on the wall that it could be a rough couple of years um, forthcoming here for the Rams. Maybe, uh, yeah, they're already going on top. Yeah, this is like a Cassandra. Like you gotta, you gotta break up with them before it all goes awry. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. It'll be interesting. Not a high. I, I can't believe. I can't believe they're high though. You can't believe what? I can't believe they would retire. That'd be insane. I think it would be insane for McGator. Oh yeah, I think it'd be insane for Donald to retire too. I mean, but I guess. It's just you're smashing your head against the other 300-pound guys <laughs> four months straight. He's going to be okay. You know, he's made a significant amount of money. Oh, he'll be fine, yeah. He'll be right. fine. He could also double as uh, the Incredible Hulk stunt double in movies and probably be paid pretty well, I'm guessing. Or he, or he could open up a gym and train with knives. He does that as well. So. Oh, he's so multifaceted. Yes. I watched a lot of Sean McVay mic'd up highlights after the game. This week and uh, a little bit of a tryhard for being so young as a coach. That, that was my impression. <laughs> I think that's how you become a, such a young coach. I, I guess so. It was a lot of like, hey, I'm one of the guys like <laughs> kind of vibe to it instead of like, there's, there's always like a player coach dynamic, right? Like the coach is the mentor, leader of men kind of vibe. And Sean McVay, I don't know, he feels like he's trying too hard. <laughs> the other thing I noticed was. Andrew Whitworth, 40 years old, involved in the Super Bowl parade with people much younger than him, I thought was very funny. The old, the old guy. He's like, he's like the dad who wants to go out and party with his 20 year old son and his friends. I was getting, I can't blame him for that. This was like a great thing. <laughs> I was getting a lot of old man vibes from Andrew Whitworth because he is old. I mean, 40 is quite old. Still plays at a high level. So good for him. Very funny that. Him and other Rams teammates were wearing T-shirts with Cooper Cup's high school picture on them. Oh, uh-huh. Which is very funny. He's a obviously a, a skinny country boy. Did not look like a Super Bowl MVP, a Triple Crown winner, and wide right. receiver. I kind of, I kind of like the Rams team. I, I feel like they got a lot of different vibes, a lot of different characters to them. They're coming from all angles uh, on, on the witty scale here. I, I'm kind of digging what they're, they're putting down. Wow, listen to you. You're skinny. I am. Like, don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid to spend money. Don't be afraid to go out. Hey, Odell Beckham is a, a locker room, money. a locker room problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll take them. We <laughs> just put them on a good team. We, the Bills make a lot of smart decisions, but there's like a risk-reward aspect that I feel like I want to look for more being the Super Bowl. You think the Bills play it safe? I'm going to think the Bills play it safe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I could see that. I think they rely heavily on their draft picks and the, the progression of their draft picks. Yeah. They obviously have a character, a type of character in mind, or a type of person right. from a character perspective in mind when they draft mm-hmm. these players or bring in these players. But I'm saying like 
go outside the box a little. We don't we don't need the quote unquote process guys all the time. Right. Give me a Odell Beckham. I guess that was Dig I, to a degree. Yeah. That was good. That that was Diggs and we see how well it worked out. I mean, we could probably now he is a process guy. Right. So we can we can take another guy to convert and do a process guy. Right. Cough, cough, Khalil Mack. Khalil well, Mack would already be a process guy, though. I think, I think, I think you just gotta make a big splash somewhere. I mean, we take through the tango. The opportunity has to come. Call the Washington Commanders. Like how I use their new name. Call them up and see it. See if Chase Young's available. Oh. Send send your next three first round picks. Oh well, I don't think that's crazy. <laughs> like, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's do so. Let's do, let's get a little crazy, Tony. I mean, I think it's okay to, if someone's on the if someone's on the outs or if someone has been outed, then you you go for it. I don't I don't know if you just try to shock them with a super high price tag that you're willing to pay. I, I don't know. I'm just saying I'll, we we've played it safe. We're in year five of Josh National. It, it's time to. I I think you were right earlier. Like the world is after that Chiefs game saw. Where this, where this Bills team is at, and they're and they're super close. They were super close last year. More than close, they're they're there. They're a coin flip away. They're a coin flip away, exactly. They're there, yeah. Right. It's just luck of the draw at this point, and that that's an attractive prospect, I'd imagine, to a lot of free agents. So get a get a little creative. Don't don't play it. Don't give me don't give me all former def- defensive linemen from the Panthers. I I don't need. We we've evolved past that now. I don't care if Eric Washington is the defensive line coach and wants to all have all his guys. No, make make a splashy move this off season. That's what I'd like to see from Bean and Company. I would like to, even more so than this off season. I would like to see it next season. I would like to see during mid season. Like let's bet on ourselves because that's really what I think these deals are. When you make a trade in the season, like a big you know a bigger trade like that. Or you make a, a kind of a high risk, high reward signing of someone who is questionable character. You're betting on yourself that we can take it. This year is the year the window's open, and this is the person that's going to put it out of the window. Is this the Zay Jones Hotel window? Oh, <laughs> Is it? Is it ever too soon for that? I think, if anything, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. We were making those jokes within. Within minutes, so <laughs> what it did actually, it still holds up. It, it still holds up. Still holds up. The good in the eighties, and it holds true today. <laughs> That's right. No matter what the outcome was, I think the overall message is: Rams understand Kroenke. Good guy, really good guy. Mm-hmm. A guy who doesn't move a team out of a out of a city that they're beloved by just for money. He doesn't do it for that. He does it for trophies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's still probably going to visit St. Louis with the Lombardi Trophy and show it. <laughs> no. Yeah. That, that's a Stan Kroenke move. Not a good guy. <laughs> Tony, I pulled up some kid jokes re- related to this game. I want you to rate them a one out of five. One being not funny, five being not too bad. Okay. Kids jokes related to this year's Super Bowl, Bengals, Rams. Here we go. What do Cincinnati Bengals receivers in the post office have in common? Is that they don't receive uh, something about like they don't receive on Sunday. Something about Sunday. <laughs> That's right. Obviously, neither will be open on Super Bowl Sunday. Ah, uh, will be open on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, I'm gonna give it a, 
uh, I'm going to give it a two. A two, yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, what's the difference between Cincinnati Bengals and Cincinnati Bengals fans and mosquitoes? Bengals and mosquitoes. Yes. Mm, not. Mosquitoes are only annoying in the summer. Um, I didn't think that one was bad. No, I I would I don't think that one is bad, and I will take that and use it to for other things that I find annoying. <laughs> right. uh, but time like is mosquito. running out. Right, I have to do it soon before <laughs> summertime comes. Three point five. Oh, okay, a little low. I thought you go higher. Which Bengals players can jump higher than a house? Which Bengals players can jump higher than a house? Or which Bengals which... player can jump higher than a house? You tell me. All of them. Houses can't jump. Dummy. One, zero. <laughs> Does not compute. Low rating. Low rating. Low sauce on that one. Ouch. All right. Last... I, joke. I don't like joke to vilify the receiver of the joke. <laughs> that one definitely does that. Yes. Uh, last one. Why was the tiny ghost asked to join the Cincinnati Bengals football team? Tiny ghost. Why is that? They needed a little team spirit. One. Also one. Tony, you are. Are you, are you saying there's no hope for the youth of America here in the witty, in the witty column? Up your game. I think there's hope. But these. Five-year-old little Timmy, up your game on the jokes here. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Hire, hire new writers. The halftime show. We got it. We got to talk about it. And I, and I think I'm going to have uh, a kind of surprising take. I wasn't a fan. Wow. That is a hot take. I love I love the music. But from a performance, from an entertainment standpoint, eh, I'll go in. Eh. I wasn't entertained. I wasn't love the music. I, I could have easily just had the audio of this and it would have been perfectly fine. There's no visual component. Like, see, the Super Bowl halftime performance is always like a big deal to me. Even last year, like the weekend. Not not like the greatest from the music side. Yeah, he has a couple hits and his music's okay, but the guy made it a performance. He had like hundreds of people dressed like him on on the field and he's going through this mirror maze and like he just he just made it something more. This was just I don't know, Dr. Dre on a on a stretch on a stretch Winnebago from Road Rules. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I wasn't a fan. I'm sorry. I have to say, I am a little bit of a of a kindred spirit with you on this one. To me, I look at this, and I'm like, this is a Super Bowl halftime show. This is like, I don't know what the budget is, but in my mind, it's supposed to be unlimited. And so yeah. what they bring is this sort of weird train thing coming on that's like right. not grandiose enough to fill, the, to fill the stadium. Like, I was really demoralized when they showed the wide shot of the field. And it's just this, you know, 90% empty field of green. Right. And then this white Lego in the middle. And I was like, oh, well, that makes it look like not impressive and not any, anything like that. And, and I, it wasn't. It was like, you know, I remember Katy Perry riding through on a giant dragon. <laughs> right. That's and, now I'm seeing, and now I'm seeing this, this, this white thing in the, middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the field. And that's kind of it. That's it. And then I'm seeing T-Pain. I was like, oh, T-Pain's upside down. No, 50 Cent. Oh, yeah, 50 Cent. That's how, that's how irrelevant he is. Right. Yeah, I mean... Like, that, that's the redeeming quality that I guess they have, and I'm like, mm, not enough. Like, they've, they've set the precedent too high in other shows. Right. So, I don't know. I, I have to agree with you that I'm looking at this Super Bowl halftime show a little bit, mm, a little bit like it's a three minute mess. Yeah. I did enjoy the music, of course. The music was great. Uh, shout out to Eminem for his... Uh, his shout out to Tim Tebow, really, really bringing Tebowing back. Appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, 
Tim oh, Tebow doesn't get enough play these days. We need to bring it back. He really doesn't. American treasure. Man, I, I tell you what, if Tim Tebow can be healed away from the Mets farm system <laughs> just for two seconds to join the USFL. He could stop batting, what, 178 or whatever. You're right. Whatever terrible batting average he was he was rocking. Oh. Oh, speaking of USFL, USFL, Tony, should we do a live draft analysis next Tuesday of USFL draft? I don't know why you're asking me like it's even a question. I think that <laughs> I we think have a moral duty to do that. I feel like we should. As the number one USFL podcast out there, I think we should. Yeah, it's probably an official USFL podcast that exists, like the league has created. Yes, it's us. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, not okay. I'm glad, I'm glad we're in agreement with the halftime crew. <laughs> oh, Russ Pro. Gosh, you'll never get that money. He's giving it, he's paying it to lawyers. Oh, well, hot. <laughs> hot tonight. Russ is like public enemy number one on my reasons for the Bills drought. So, right. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not, I'm not stepping off the gas on that one. What else? Glad we're in agreement on the halftime show. That, that's, that's all I really had. Like, Super Bowl commercials were kind of blah. I miss the days of the old commercials, Tony. Like, talking about, we live in a day and age of people, things, whatever, going viral. And I feel like the commercials have all the assets to, or all the ability to go viral, and none of them ever do, because they're just not funny. Like, I put on Twitter an old Coors Light commercial with the random guys talking to the football coach in the press conference and the press, they're playing off the coach's actual press. Like that's a funny idea and it worked really well. I feel like we get none of that creativity these days. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what your rule commercials have just become is more like, it's just celebrity nostalgia all the time. Let's say I have Mike Myers dressed up as Dr. Evil one more time. <laughs> right. And it's not, and I'm, what I'm looking for is, I'm looking for like the old, the old like sort of plot line. Uh, you know, I'm looking for some canon here. I'm looking for the commercial itself to have canon, not for it to be a joke, a, a continuation or something else of, of a canon that's already long established and pre-existent. Yeah. I mean, you talk about commercials of the past having canon, like, like the Bud Bowl. Like what happened to the Bud Bowl? Can we get that back? Oh, this is a Bud Bowl. Yeah. That was a highlight. That was a highlight. Love that. Commercials. What else? That's all I had, really, with the Super Bowl. I mean, like I said, it was kind of dust in the wind. Nothing really exciting. Commercials weren't exciting. The halftime show wasn't great. <laughs> Game wasn't great itself. But I, th- I think it's I, I I always go back to lessons learned. And I, I think it's about, you know, Brandon Bean making a splash. I think that's the lesson we can take as Bills fans watching mm-hmm. this year's Super Bowl. Right? That's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the splash. Make me believe that he believes this year is the year. Yes, right. That's what I want. Yes. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to wait. The The process is, we need to, the, there needs to be a finite window with the process. <laughs> like, yeah. let's, let's move past the process. Like, the process is not an everlasting thing. <laughs> like, I need it to be now. Come up with a new slogan. Uh, Tony, my final, my final question to you. The process is not an everlasting goal. Yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I like being good, but come on. Uh, <laughs> My final question to you is, of course, after the Rams won the Super Bowl, we get the commercial of uh, order your commemorative Super Bowl champion gift set that comes with, mm. you know, the DVD collection, whatever, DVD collection, just random crap. One of those random crap things is a commemorative coin. Is this something you would buy if the Bills won? <laughs> would you buy the $40 commemorative coin if the Bills won the Super Bowl? 
Are you buying? Are you buying all the commemorative stuff? I don't know if I'm doing a coin. Would you do a plate? Would you do a plate? I think I'm more likely to do a plate. I'll take plate over coin. Okay. I would take plate over coin. Uh-huh. Plate over coin. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, 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 even if the Bills won a Super Bowl, even if it's the only time they'll ever win a Super Bowl and you want to cherish it and remember it, I don't think I can drop 40 on a coin. I don't think I can. You own a Mickey Mantle commemorative coin. Oh, okay. Well, that changes things. I don't know what it, I don't know what it commemorates. What's it, but I know I have it. I remember getting it in Cooperstown when I was like seven. Commemorates his uh. It commemorates my trip to Cooperstown. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh didn't Kramer punch Mickey Mantle in fantasy camp? He did. Yeah, it commemorates this. Oh yeah, punch. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I can drop a coin. All right, that's enough Super Bowl talk. We got some bills talk to get into. Tony, you let you ready to let uh Marv take it away here? Take me there, Marv. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now, back to the show. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Back. Tony, let's wrap up the episode. We got to talk bills, of course. The little bookend bills. We had Josh in the opening in the intro. We're going to end with some bills. Are you cutting or keeping? We're going to go through a list of guys that are rostered currently, but the bills, it's up in the air whether they can cut them, they can keep them. Let's, let's help them and Brandon Bean make a decision. Tony, I have a list of, let's see, eight guys here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine guys. But some of them are probably easy. Um, let's start with some of the easier ones. Cody Ford, are you keeping or cutting? I am going to cut Cody Ford. Yeah, I, I think it's time. I think we've got His name is Ryan Bates. Cody <laughs> Ford is just dead weight. Yeah. He's us between Ryan Bates. Get him out of here. The He's o- done enough. The only... Saving grace for Cody Ford is he's still on his rookie contract. He's only going to cost you like $2.4 million, I think it is. If you cut him, you're only saving like $1.5. And you know, like, what can you really get for $1.5? And you get a guy who knows the system, who's been with the organization since he's been drafted, obviously. He has some familiarity. The flip side of that is he stinks. <laughs> right. Whatever the financials are, I would pay that as a penalty <laughs> to not have to risk of getting to Cody Ford in the depth chart. And not risking Josh's health. Right. Yes, and especially the fact that it's, it's, it really is. It's to protect Josh and keep him safe. Yeah, I just think every time he went in, it was a complete train wreck this past season. It seems like no matter where they put him. He's obviously not a tackle. He's obviously not quick enough to play tackle. He doesn't have the technique to play tackle. He's a better guard, but again, it's, it's just, it's not, something's not clicking. And he's probably just a guy that at this point just needs a change of scenery. Another guy who was a quite a sticking point for us this past season, punter Matt Hawk, keeping or cutting? I am going to say cut Matt Hawk. Oh, okay. I would say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really hyped up about the punter class coming out of the draft. Oh, are you? Wow. Yeah, that's time. I think it's time we find a, another Tyler Bass, a Tyler Bass for the big boot. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, 
I think it'd be a lot more fun than this situation. Or bring Bohorquez back when they that either. Bohorquez is a free agent. I was going to mention yeah. that. We do need some karaoke at Mr. Goodbar. To me, Revital. He was the one. Yeah. I feel like every time we say cut him, I've, I'm going to insert a clip of Andy Dick from his reality show, The Assistant, when he goes, like, he's snipping something. Yeah. I, I think that's fitting in this, in this scenario. Mad Hawk was... He, he was, I, w- I wouldn't say a disaster, but pretty close to, <laughs> and, and not not for the fact that all his punts were atrocious or, or bad, because they weren't. It was the fact that every time we were in punt formation, I was scared to death of what could happen. Could it be, could it be a bad punt? Could it be a blocked punt? Could, it, could something happen that is a negative effect? And, and most of the time, a lot of time it did. So... I think you can find a, a guy who holds the ball for Tyler Bass out there anyway. Like, we don't need right. to keep Matt Hawk on this roster because he's he holds the ball how Tyler Bass wants the ball held. Tyler Bass is in his third year now. Like, he doesn't know better. Right. You're right. You know what I always wondered is it always seems to either be the punter or the backup quarterback as the holder. Mm-hmm. Two two positions that... I would I would say don't qualify to have the best hands. Right. Why holder? Right. Or, or like Isaiah McKenzie, because even if there's a even if there's a botch and he has to make something out of nothing, I'd much rather want Isaiah McKenzie than Matt Hawk or Mitch Trubisky or whoever. They're not going to make something out of nothing or have a low likelihood of make making something out of nothing. At least McKenzie has like speed or something. Like he can do something maybe. Right. Why don't we do that? I, I never understood why teams don't make the Isaiah McKenzie's of their team the the holder for punt or for for kicks. I think it would just make sense. Yeah, yeah I don't know either. Moving on, our next our next hand, we're gonna go to the uh, back to the offensive line. Mitch Morse, would you cut him or keep him? Interesting scenario. He is one of the higher paid centers. He makes over eleven million dollars a year, and we'd be saving a lot by cutting him. We'd be saving eight point five million back towards the cap for cutting him. He's not a big liability in terms of dead cap hits. So that's, that's interesting. Now I did or was quoted as saying he was their most consistent offensive lineman last year. And I still, still hold that. Would you cut him or keep him? That's a lot of money saved. Yeah. You know, I'm here. I've had kind of a hot and cold attitude towards him. Absolutely. But right now I'm hot with Mitch Morris. Oh, hot or not. This is hot. We can cut him. Oh, (laughs) wow. Too hot, I guess. We got a lot of draft picks. We can grab it then. I guess I guess what it comes down to for me is I I, I do think Mitch Morris had his best year as a Bill this past yeah. year. He does it feels like he embodies the city ever since he arrived with his flannel shirt eating wings at the airport. It does seem like he he is Buffalo. He's a Buffalo guy, so I do appreciate that. I guess what it comes down to for me of whether to keep him or cut him is what Ken Dorsey wants this offense to be. If you want it to be, if you want it to be eighty percent passing, which I think it should be, asterisk. I think you keep Mitch Morse. He's a very good pass blocker, and he's not so good a run blocker. If we go more of the Sean McDermott, we got to run the ball and be tough and win at the line of scrimmage, like those kind of things. I, I think Mitch Morse can be cut. And then what do you do? Do you draft a center? On the cheap, do you move Feliciano over? Like I think cutting, I think cutting Mitch Morris leaves a lot of holes on this offensive line, and maybe the biggest one of the guy who touches the ball an equal amount to Josh Josh Allen. Right. I would also say I would also put an asterisk on my cut of Mitch Morris. Mm, 
it's depending on potential restructure. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, yeah, depending on potential. As we said, just keep restructuring. <laughs> just keep restructuring. Yeah, pay for uh, pay for new kids' daycare. Like right. Put put all the the bonuses in that contract you can to restructure. It. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just thought he was he was really consistent. He, he's a veteran for for a line that's that's probably getting younger. I mean, Dan Dawkins still very young. Spencer Brown obviously coming off his rookie year. You hope Tommy Doyle gets inserted on a more frequent basis. So. For the most part, it is a very young line. Ryan Bates is on the younger side. He's on the right side of 30. So it is a young line. So you, you And you talked about the consistency as well. So I, I think there, there's a lot of things that are in Mitch Morris's favor right now. The only thing that's not is how much money we'd see by cutting him. So uh, I, I'd keep him. I, I would keep him. Daryl Williams, moving right along the line. Daryl Williams, cut or keep. He makes over $9 million, close to actually $10 million. You'd be saving... Six point three million. If you cut him, what are you doing with Daryl Williams? I'm for me. Who else we keep? Right. Because I'm kind of like, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's not someone we should be like thinking is super expensive, but solid and solidity is what I need in an offensive liner. But uh, you know, just like with Mitch Morris and what we were saying there, the Bills don't have a good track record with giving players sort of. But giving players like prove it deals on the offensive linemen, and then they do prove it, and then we pay them, and then they suck. Right. Daryl <laughs> Williams, John Feliciano, yeah. Quinn Spain. Quinn Spain, exactly. That that is a that is not a great track record, right? So looking at Daryl Williams as being um, potential, you know, a potential flaw there, and a potential uh, another one of that cycle. Um, so I'm going to say let's just cut bait and not even risk it. Let's just get rid of him. Yeah, I I, I think you can. I think it will come down to Williams or Feliciano, right? Like they're not going to keep both of them, especially if they use the money to sign Ike Bacher. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I do like Ike. Yeah, we, we both like Ike. But I guess it depends where you want your versatility to be. Do you want it to be with Daryl Williams, who can play guard and tackle? Or do you want it to be with Feliciano, who can play guard and center? We don't really have, I guess Ryan Bates would be back up in the center position if if Feliciano leaves. So so that's what Matt and Feliciano I'm probably grouping with Daryl Williams in the same category like yeah he doesn't cost as much and his cap hits not as not as much he he only makes close to 5 and then his cap uh savings would be like 3.4 if we cut him. So I, I just think it's one or the other at this point cuz again if Tommy Doyle develops and whoever you draft I'm guessing they're going to draft another offensive lineman they do it every year. So you know, there's not, there's only so much room on the roster. So I guess if Mitch Morris is sticking around and it's interesting, I, I maybe cut both of Williams and Feliciano, honestly. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it would be a bad move and then spend that $10 million somewhere else. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Like Feliciano. Feliciano yet in the blood? No. In the size? No. Can we make it? Can we make him next? Sure. Go for it. All right. <laughs> quick simple i think the only thing john feliciano has going for him at this point is he's josh's boy right yeah. like if, if if we're in a make josh happy mentality then feliciano might have the edge there yeah but i think that i think john feliciano has gotten a lot more praise than he deserves <laughs> i think it was nine here you have never been 
Ever since the stretching and training camp, you have never been on board with John Feliciano. No, but he's continued. There, there have been times when I'm like, oh, yeah, Feliciano's good, actually. Like, this is all right. He, he's kind of a mauler. And, but then he always lets me down. It's, it, it's Creston Valley here. He always lets me down. Yeah, and he always and he always lets his scale down because he lost a ton of weight and it did not work out very well for him as well. Right. Yeah, cutter, get it, gotta go, go learn how to stretch somewhere else, John Feliciano. <laughs> Moving on, Tony, this is a tricky one to me, maybe not to you, Cole Beasley. Oh, what's tricky about this? No rose for him on this Valentine's Day. <laughs> he's not. No, he's not welcome on my team anymore. Are you? Are you? Is this? Is this in lieu of re-signing Isaiah McKenzie? Essentially. Yeah, or if we draft someone. I mean, there's a lot of slot-style guys that I'm excited about in this draft. Absolutely, yeah. So, I, I, mean, I, think gonna gonna uh, I think they're going to re-sign McKenzie. I think they're going to try to re-sign McKenzie. No, I think he. I think, I think he's going to stick around. There's there's too much going on. He, on. he was on Truth or Dab Hot Ones with Gabe Davis. He's going to be at the Rochester Autograph Sports Card Show next week. Like, I feel like if you're not going to be on the Bills next year, you're not doing that stuff. Right. This is my prediction. Mark it, mark it down in the psychic tanks. I think that uh, we are going to see Isaiah McKenzie in a blue jersey next year, but it won't be here. It'll oh. be in New Jersey. You think Dable's plucking him? Yes, I do. I don't know. I, I just have this weird gut feeling he's going to stick around. But anyway, Cole Beasley, you're done with him? Yeah, I'm done with him. Still? I think he's minorly productive. productive. Yeah, he's minorly productive. I think a lot of people give him minorly productive. Sure. You know, I mean, he was a great member of the Josh Allen development support system. Yes. Well, okay, now we got to grow up a little bit. Josh Josh has arrived. Josh is on the NFL honors. Josh is in Pebble Beach. We don't need a valve like an aging Cole Beasley anymore. Because eventually, I think someone like Cole Beasley, like, by the time we find out that he doesn't have it anymore. It's too late. You know, this is going to be Phil Alexander. This is going to be, oh boy, right. like we just can't get it going with him anymore. Right. And then uh, all of a sudden, that's when Isaiah McKenzie starts starting, which happened. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to move on from Cole Beasley. I'm fine with that. Also, from a perception standpoint, like I just mentioned Josh, A-list. He's at the honors, black suit. He, he He's an A-list celebrity now. I don't need a guy, I don't need a guy who's missing a large front tooth walking around with Josh. Let's, let's be real. Let's be real. His, his, start being polite and start being real. If you're missing a tooth, I don't want you and Josh Allen's crew. You think Gritty, there's no room for him in the hive. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. You think Gritty can, you need all your teeth. You need all your teeth. If you want, you need all your teeth. If you want to be in the hive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's right. And the other thing is like, yeah, he's reliable. I still think he's effective out of the slot, but I, I want to see a guy who, he also has one of the lowest yards after catch. Yeah, he's good. He catches the ball and then he goes down right away. Right. Like, give me a guy who, once he makes the catch, can make a play happen. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at the other Super Bowl team. I'm looking at the team and I'm looking at the teeth that we could not, uh, you know, that we didn't overcome. These are playmakers. Right. Not first down play facilitators. Starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not play facilitators. Not, not people solid enough to, to execute well. Right. I'm looking for. Oh, the lightning here. Come on. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Cole has the lightning anymore. Moving on. This is an interesting one. AJ Klein. He makes five point six million, which I think is way too much for AJ Klein, first of all. And then if we cut him, his savings, his cap savings, five point two million. Like that that seems like an easy decision. You cut him. Like if it's only costing you less than half a million dollars. <laughs> We're just one. 
<laughs> Do you? Yes. They just resigned. They just resigned Terrell Dodson. I like that move. Like Dodson's earned it. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I think you're resigning AJ Klein. I think you're restructuring, if anything, and trying to get him down to like three million or so. Like five point six million is a lot for a guy who, I mean, he's a reliable backup, yes, but hopefully you don't have to rely on him too much. That's that seems like a lot to me. The history is any indication we do have to rely on him a solid amount. So I better have someone who I can rely on. I guess. I mean, he gets, he get, he's in there, you know? Like, Moon and Milano get, take their bumps. I, I guess. So I, it, I just, I'm through with AJ Klein in there. And if you want to restructure, I mean, there's a great argument for it. And it, hey, remember when you sucked at first and then all of a sudden we bullied you into being good? <laughs> well, you gotta pay, you gotta, yeah, you gotta pay a penalty on those first few weeks. <laughs> yes. He is one to succumb to bullying. That, is, that big A in the K tattoos, yeah. Those are bully tattoos. He he didn't want he didn't want those. He got bullied into. Them. Yeah, I mean he is reliable backup. I just look at a team whose base defense is a nickel defense with Taron Johnson. I guess it comes down to Edmonds. Like if you're really gonna move forward with Edmonds or not, and if you are, then I don't know if Klein needs to be resigned. But if you're not, and you try to trade Edmonds this off season or. You know, sometime down the line, AJ Klein can be resigned and plug right into a starting role. I think pretty well. So I guess it depends on what we do with Tremaine Edmonds. Like if you're a nightmare scenario, we don't resign Edmonds and we plug AJ Klein in as a starter. No, that's not my nightmare scenario. You don't like Edmonds. You know that. Well, that's true. You don't like that's true. You don't like Edmonds. I don't think that that's like anything, anything but a nightmare. Unless Edmonds just like picks it up this year like i really think this year's like a hail mary like i think they sign his brother as safety depth and special teams help on the cheap and see if that like really gets Edmonds to reach his potential keep it in the family he seems like a guy who's pretty tight-knit with his brothers and a real family guy maybe he just needs another family member on the team to really up his game i've been i've been dying for some siblings on this team Oh, yes. An all-sibling team oh. would be fantastic. Yeah. Every, every sibling in the league could find their way together to the Bills. Time me up for that. That'd be amazing. Just give me yeah. two long snappers. I don't care if both Fergusons are on the team. We have two long snappers for no reason. Just give me both of them. Like, just find every sibling is right and put them on this team. Mm-hmm. Speaking of guys who don't have sibling, oh, actually, I don't know if he does have a sibling or not, but you want to keep Star Latule? I think this is an easy answer for you. Uh, he's not a road. <laughs> no, 9.2 million. He costs a pretty penny, but he also has a big dead money hit. If we cut him, we're only saving about 4 million if we cut him. So yeah, I, I hear that and we're saving 4 million. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, we're paying 5 million. million. We're paying him 5 million. Well, no, we're paying him 9 million. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're paying, if we cut him, we're paying him 5 million not to play. <laughs> but I mean, we're still paying him not to play. He lost his starting job. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they re-signed Harrison Phillips, mm-hmm. and I Here's the cord. Yeah, it's, I mean, who's going to pick up the Walter Ma- Walter Payton Man of the Year slack if Phillips is not on the team? Yeah. That's the big question. I think they re-signed Phillips. He had a breakout year, and I think they move on from Star. I, he's he's up there in age. I think he's thirty two, thirty three now. His snap count as the year went on greatly diminished, especially if you keep. Harrison Phillips, especially if you re-sign a guy like Obata, who can play inside and outside. Basham can play inside or outside. And that and I do I really do think they draft a one technique this in the in the early rounds of this draft here. That is a glaring position to need. I, I 
think Harrison Phillips does an admirable job of, of playing that role, but I don't think he's tailor made to play that role. I really think that I really think they find like a big run stuffing guy in the offseason or in the draft. I really like I've never had such a this blind lust until in a draft season until this one. Whenever like on my Twitter someone comes around with the one technique and they just you know, it's just like their name, their one technique in a picture is someone the Bills might be interested in. I always look at that picture just like, Oh yeah, look at that big boy. I think it, like that was that's that's what I want instead of star. Like yeah. I'm just like I'm making every assumption that he's just like some giant freak athlete who's also who's also impossible to move, and I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, Jordan Davis, like draft that guy. Jordan Davis is one great example. Yes, I mean if he falls to the Bills and they don't take him, I will be very upset, honestly. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to the drain, now you got me on draft talk. I just don't think like I think you can find a lot of guys. From a corner, I think they need cornerback depth, obviously, with Trey's status being up in the air for next year. Levi Wallace being an unrestricted free agent. I, I, I think you can find cornerbacks and value at cornerback in the second, third round, fourth round. I look at a guy, and I can never pronounce his last name correctly, like Michael Oldham Dulage or where out of Georgia Tech, Broncos drafted him, I think, in the fourth round, his draft year, year or two ago. Guy I really liked coming out of the draft and got plugged right in as a starter as a as a mid-round pick i just think i just think if it's a system guy and i, I think you can find those guys throughout the drafts I, I don't think you can find like dominant defensive line studs whether it's edge or defensive tackle like just yeah. give me give me those guys like and that and that's a that's the trickle down i just want a guy who who gives me the trickle down effect like when Diggs came in like the trickle down effect of Oh, Diggs is not only going to make Josh Allen better, but he's going to make all these receivers better because defensive attention is going to go to Diggs and Gabe Davis will be open. John Brown at the time is going to be open. Like it's all going to, Cole Beasley is going to be open underneath. And it, it, it worked out that way. Like give me the defensive equivalent of that. Give me the trickle down guy. Like if we draft Jordan Davis, now he, right. he, him and Ed Oliver can just bully the middle of, of opposing offensive lines. Uh, and that leaves. Gregory Rousseau and AJ Epinesa and more one-on-one situations. And now we have athleticism where we can do stunts and things. And that just trickle down to, you know, more coverage sacks and like all, all this, like, like easier for the defense on a whole. Like, give me the trickle down guy. Right. I, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, especially at this point in our like sort of evolution of, um, you know, where the team's at. I think it's like raising, raising the, any, anything that can be done to sort of like raise the water level here. Yeah. Would be. Is the most bang for your buck out of the draft. Good, good water level pun sitting in your flooded basin. Yep, I'm saying I'm loving it. <laughs> the final guy who was on the list is Tyler Matikavich, who uh, I think you've you've come around on him this year. He's, he's oh, I, I I don't know. I, I guess I've always been a fan. Yeah, no, I like big, big madhead here. Big madhead. <laughs> big madhead. Uh, I'll rephrase it. I think vitshead is the term to go in. Uh, Vichhead. Yeah. Vichhead. I guess, right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. better. Um, yeah. Cap it at 3.25 million. If we cut him, we're saving 2.5 million, which is a pretty big delta. I mean, that's mm-hmm. for a special teams guy. That, that's saving quite a bit of money. He's pretty highly paid for. Uh, core special teams primarily special teams guy <laughs> like this just goes back to the last podcast when i said is it that hard to play special teams <laughs> i think you can find a lot of tyler medikavich is out there uh, does he do anything like really great 
especially if you got Dotson back. I, I liked Andre Smith. I think like a guy we signed to a futures contract, like a Joe Giles Harris, could play special teams on a much cheaper salary. I, I, I don't know. Like again, it's the versatility. If if Edmonds goes down, if Milano goes down, is there a guy who can step in? And I think you actually liked when Matikavich got some playing time on the defense side of the ball this year. I I, I don't see it, but I, I don't know. I, I would I would try. Yeah, it means we're gonna win. Oh right, it's like the twelfth guy off. It's like the twelfth guy off the bench in basketball. It's like he only goes in if you're winning by a lot. Right. So I do like it in that sense. I do. I did always believe Tyler Maddox was a liability at linebacker, and that special teams is really what he's bringing to the table. But I don't know. I, I will agree that he was a pleasant surprise in those in the snaps that he got, and that he didn't. Uh, you know. He didn't mess it up. He was just like, yeah, it was, it was all right, all right. Yeah. And not as bad as I thought. Is, is that the is that the borrower setting now, Tony? Not as bad as we thought? <laughs> oh, man. Anyone else on the roster who you could see maybe being a surprise cut? Maybe a Zach Moss, who's still on a rookie contract, so he's not that expensive as, as a third-round pick. Um, You know, some guys are coming up for extensions. Diggs, we're going to have to extend. Dawson Knox, we're going to have to extend. Ed Oliver, we're going to have to extend. Um, maybe Devin Singletary. So I, I, I just don't know if there's room for the Tyler Matakavages of the world on this team. I don't think we're going to extend. No? What? Wait, what? I don't think we will. Why? Because I think that Diggs, and again, is someone who is uh, in here to facilitate Josh's development. And I think that they think, well, Josh is going to be fine without him. And you know, Gabriel Davis is pretty good, so we can we'll be able to live with Gabriel Davis oh. and uh, some other receivers, and it'll end up fine. I do not but agree. I, at all. I mean, oh, well, I think that's what they're going to see. I mean, how many times did we see the Patriots cycle in and out of like, like, wow, they got some a really good receiver room, and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, it's like they got a bunch of no names at receiver or people that they're making names of at receiver, and then they won the Super Bowl either way. So, right. I don't know. I think I think that they would see that as they also had Randy Moss for a couple. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they had Randy Moss for a couple of years, and then then he, they didn't have Randy Moss anymore, and they were still going to win the Super Bowl. So and they had a really good slot receiver all the time, and yeah, I mean, sure. like it was a lot of guys excelling in the system. That that's for sure. Who mm-hmm. wouldn't excel anywhere else? But um, I don't know. You 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 gave up a lot to get Diggs, and I feel like he's really coming to his own as as a, not only a player but a person during his time here in Buffalo. Plus, can we can we take like is that too much to ask for Josh? Like, just to keep recycling friends like this? <laughs> no, I, like, I do worry about that. I like, do worry about that as well. I don't think that's fair to him. Right. He's your franchise quarterback. You can't just friends stay. let his friends stay. Yeah, no, they. I think they definitely extend Diggs. And I, I I think they extend Dawson Knox. And I guess Dawson Knox will always be around, right? That's that's a Josh friend. Yeah, I hope so. If, if you were to power rank your current top three guys who could be Josh's best friend. Who would who would they be? Yeah, I would say me one, me yep. two. Okay. Easy. Right. Um Harrison Phillips is probably number one. I feel like Ooh. I feel like Harrison Phillips is Josh's day one. Really? Like yeah, I feel like, you know, drafted together, I feel like they always kinda had a had a friendship that seemed like it was pretty pretty well documented. At NFL honors together. Right. At NFL honors too. Yeah. They, I feel like they're always together. They at Hamilton together, you know. Okay. Um so I would say I think Harrison Phillips is like the most solid you can bet on it kind of kind of bet. Got it. Which I'm doing top three. Yeah. All right. Who else is in the mix here? 
Uh, I think Dawson Knox would be two for me. I kind of think so too, but I sometimes wonder if that friendship is a little one-sided. Oh, like Dot? Like okay, yeah. Dawson loves Dot. Dot likes Dawson. Josh is using Dawson to finish his science homework. Oh, maybe okay. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about any of these people in their personal lives. You can be, you can be my, you can be my friend. Just you know, finish my, do my homework for me. Is it right. that would? Right. Is that the vibe you're getting? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. All right. This is all, this is all speculation. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, this is all it is. Would you put Diggs uh, in the top three? I don't know. I've never seen any evidence of them like hanging out. I know. Just like on the field, right? Right. Seems like they're tight on. Yeah. So, I don't know. Diggs being there. I mean, I maybe led to believe that John Feliciano is important in this mix. Right. I maybe led to believe that. See, it's tough. Like, I think that I think that Josh had a really good relationship with uh, Davis Webb too. I do too. But those days are done. No, so no more. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah. See, the QB room always has been solid. If I if I asked you the same question of who could be Josh's best friend two years ago, we could have a list of fifteen guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And now we can. Now we have. We have, now we're struggling to come up with three. <laughs> That's what I worry about. We just know. We just know the team better. We know the dynamics that was better. Um, who's hanging out with him and stuff. Right, right. And I, but I think we, I think, so what I'm saying is, I think that the list of 15 guys that you speak of would have been just founded in ignorance. But I think we, we would have thought we were probably right, but maybe we would have been wrong. Who knows? But you're absolutely right in saying, Josh, you got two friends right here on the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast. <laughs> Tony, what do you say we wrap it up? Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozies starting at just $5. Check out all their cool designs. They got Bill's designs, St. Patrick's Day, Dingus Day, what, whatever you can think of. They got a lot of cool designs for koozies, bottles, or, or for koozies, for bottles, for growlers, for cans, covering all your bases in your, in your drinking world. www.travelinggrowler.com. Check out our t-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Our uh, our Rex Erection t-shirt is on its way, Tony. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a hot seller because I don't know how, how well liked Rexes are on these parts these days. But we, we got to add to the portfolio in some way. So <laughs> check out the t-shirt. Yeah, Grasman at Straws, really. Check out the t-shirt store. Sports Podcast t-shirts starting at just $20. You could pay a lot more for a lot less witty t-shirt. So buy one from our store. Check it out. T-E-E-Spring.com. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network at Built in Buffalo underscore on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podcast Ag. Anywhere you find podcasts are listened to for free. Check us out. You can also search Witty Not Funny. All one word. If you like us, leave us a review. Subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoy listening to this episode. If it's, if it's your first time tuning in and joining the Witty Nation. Twitter handles. Tony, what do you got? Tony Jambros. Tony Jambros. See on the Twitterverse. See on the Twitterverse. Also on tour this summer, the Tony Jambros. <laughs> Catch him on tour. Um, also, we have to note, Tony is part of the Fan Advisory Board. Now that we're in the offseason and you have ideas percolating in your head, get them. Hit us up. Tony will take them directly to the Bills organization. Let your voices be heard through Tony. <laughs> Absolutely. Between 
tonight and our next record. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to post something on Twitter then to get your questions. It is in the press box. Wow. Ooh, fancy. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll have to have a uh, a recap of that next episode. <laughs> I don't know if it, you can divulge any information to us, but yeah. we'll pry. We'll, we'll pry. Uh, <laughs> you can find the podcast. We'll test. <laughs> You can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716. Give us a follow. We will follow back. We love connecting with the Buffalo sports community, Bills Mafia, Sabres, Swords, people. Give us a follow at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram. Check out the Facebook page as well if you are not on those other social media outlets. Tony, sign off for the listeners. What do you got? You know, the offseason, uh, rest up and <laughs> be ready for next week because things are about to get. Things are about to really eat up now that the Super Bowl is over. Free agency Can't kicks wait. in. Can't wait for the off season. Off season always a good time. Free agency kicks in. The temperature is getting warmer. Stay dry. Maybe that that could maybe that could maybe that could be your going away message. Stay dry, everyone. Stay dry, rest up. Stay dry and stay witty. Yeah, that could be a T-shirt as well. As we always say, go Bills. And of course, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.